Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers have a pretty big game today, I guess. So let's just dive into the matchup against Minnesota. Everything that you need to know heading in. Uh, we'll do some betting stuff because why not? And uh, and yeah, let's see how confident we are heading into a game that the Lakers probably should win. With everything going about as poorly as they could have for Minnesota, um, other than, you know, the win, right? The only thing that really <laughs> uh, saved that day for them was the fact that they got that win against the Pelicans and have an extra game in terms of margin for error before they are knocked out of the playoffs. That said, they lost Rudy Gobert to suspension. They lost Jaden McDaniels to a hand fracture after he punched a wall. And those injuries are just additions to an already fairly lengthy injury list. Uh, Nas Reed is out for the year with a broken. Is Jalen Noel, uh, who has averaged 20 minutes or so off of the bench for them. He's had games where he's played 30-ish minutes. Uh, he's essentially a, a scoring guard, a scoring, you know, a, 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 somebody who comes off the bench and and immediately kind of gets to work and yeah like that kind of player in this kind of setting where especially given the way that the Lakers are are or the way that Minnesota is probably going to approach this game they need it all hands on deck and they aren't going to have very many hands on deck so uh that is worth noting right that we can go through player by player I already talked about Noel uh, but you also have Nas Reed, who is a super underrated player and for whatever reason feels like doesn't miss ever against the Lakers. He's a power forward who uh, slash center who uh, spreads the floor and those kinds of players, uh, you know, given the way that Anthony Davis is is utilized in this Lakers defense, those players who force him away from the basket certainly kind of mess with what the Lakers try to do out there. Um so he's going to be really missed. Obviously, Rudy Gobert is is the player who gets the most attention as far as their um, the, the players who who are going to be noticeably absent out there. Uh, Gobert in the past in Utah has actually played the Lakers fairly tough uh, with that size, and you know, given uh, who is backing up AD. Gobert could technically have have really impacted the game. And then, you know, given how reliant upon uh, free throws and getting to the rim the Lakers are uh, when LeBron is fully engaged and when AD is fully engaged, you know, Gobert standing there and having the rotation that he has, 
you know, could have really kind of thrown a wrench in things for for L.A. offensively. So he's going to be pretty uh, a, no, a a very not- notable uh, absence. I I I don't really understand. I I don't quite agree. I wouldn't go so far to the extent as I've seen some other people go, where they're like, "Oh, the Wolves are definitely better without him." I I I do think the way that the Wolves have the best chance of beating the Lakers is to spread them out and and basically just make this a math equation, shoot as many threes as possible, and obviously Rudy Gobert shooting threes is is you know a Rudy Gobert three pointer is essentially an oxymoron. So yeah, that that is not something that. He would lend himself very well to, but he is also an option. He's also a big body who gets in the way of what the Lakers are going to be trying to do offensively, and he is going to be missed. And then, you know, the last one here, and I actually think he is going to be the most missed player of the four guys who are going to be out um, from from Minnesota. Jaden McDaniels is their best wing defender. He has really kind of blossomed into one of the better wing defenders in the league, and yeah, sure, they're going to have options uh, behind him in Torian Prince, and and they'll probably put Kyle Anderson on LeBron at some times. And Anderson has that length uh, to to maybe kind of bother him in in that way. But look, not having McDaniel's in this one is huge, given everything that he could potentially do on top of those guys uh, to kind of stymie LeBron. Now, obviously, the Lakers have some dings here and there, but you know, heading into this one, they are going to have their full rotation at their disposal. Uh, news came down that uh, Dennis Schroeder is going to be healthy for this game as well. Uh, obviously, LeBron has that foot thing, but he is going to be good to go. Anthony Davis has his various uh, issues going on, but he also is is available. Everybody here is is uh, good to go as of the time that I'm recording this, uh, just before 11 Central, 9 Pacific. And uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, maybe this changes. That's essentially how Lakers injuries stuff has has. Uh, happened, but as of right now, it looks like the Lakers are going to be as healthy as they could have hoped for, and they're going up against a team that obviously uh, is super dinged up. And uh, while I don't say that as any kind of excuse or whatever, it's context, and I hope that the Lakers don't take that as an excuse to kind of ease themselves into this game. I, I think, especially given what Minnesota has to do in order to hopefully try to win. Uh, I think the, the, the sooner the Lakers can knock them out, the better. Some concerns, though, especially in terms of how Minnesota needs to play. In my opinion, Minnesota's best chance here is basically just to turn the math on, you know, and, and turn to math and get this equation in a way through a shit ton of three-pointers, uh, get this game in, in a place where there's such high variance that it's just one of those games for Minnesota. Um, I, I still think their odds, uh, the odds, are really stacked against them. But you know they do have the 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 shooters to be able to maybe pull it off. Anthony Edwards is is uh, you know I I don't know if I've ever seen him miss a shot against the Lakers. He always seems to play really well there. He's a gamer too. Um, he's a tough matchup because. You know, technically, he plays mostly at the two as the as Minnesota is going to, I think, uh, approach this game. And at the two spot, you know, 
I think Vanderbilt probably guards him, but he's pretty physical. And and while Vanderbilt, I think, is is kind of up for the task, it, it can be, just be one of those games for Edwards. So he is certainly a concern uh, in terms of shooters that the, the 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 Timberwolves have, though. Edwards, Mike Conley is is a capable three point shooter, and we've seen him play well against the Lakers over the entirety of his career, basically. Uh, Mike Conley also, as I talked about yesterday on the lowdown, is not the kind of point guard that I love, uh, you know, the way that the Lakers have mostly defended the pick and roll this year, where that drop coverage is something that allows him to kind of pick his spots. And yeah, he does really kind of thrive off of getting into the paint and, and getting into the floater game. Um, and, and yeah, like walling off the paint and, and, you know, kind of suffocating that part of the court has worked really well for the Lakers. But if Minnesota is essentially just kind of focused on getting up as many threes as possible, walling off the paint doesn't really do much for you. So it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers adjust. If that is indeed how Minnesota decides to go after this game. Elsewhere, in terms of shooters, though, you have Carl Anthony Towns, obviously, who is one of the better three-point shooters at his position ever. Um, and, you know, I talked earlier about, you know, bigs who force AD away from the basket in, in terms of the way that the Lakers have preferred to use AD this year. And Cat obviously, you know, fits into that type of mold. Um, it'll be interesting to see, actually, if the Lakers... Uh, it, it, now you can't quite do it without Gobert there, but what they've kind of done is, uh, and I saw them do it in the last time these two teams faced off, they actually had Rui guard Carl uh, Anthony Towns so that he could go out there and, and contest, and that left AD to mostly guard uh, Rudy Gobert, and that allowed AD to just kind of lurk around the paint and really kind of suck, suffocate that uh offense in, in that regard but without Gobert there and this is where you know some of the theories out there come from without Gobert there there isn't a player for AD to to uh, kind of ignore and really focus on being the insane pterodactyl help defender he can be and yeah that that is going to change some stuff for a Lakers defense that is anchored by the pterodactyl who is Anthony Davis um, I, do I think they can adjust? Absolutely. We've seen AD uh, play really well on the perimeter. Um, we have seen the Lakers play really well defensively against this uh, Wolves team. And look, sometimes when a team relies as heavily as I think Minnesota is going to on three-pointers and on that variance, you know, you, you just kind of have to hope that the percentages go in your direction. And you, can, you, you look at their percentages for the players who are actually available. Anthony Edwards is a really good shooter, right? He's 37% on, on the year, shooting seven three-pointers a game. That's legit. Carl Anthony Towns also, 37% on six attempts per game. Uh, Mike Conley, a really, really good shooter, 42% on six attempts per game. But after that, like you have, uh, you know, McDaniels would have been, this is where he would have helped. But he only was getting three and a half attempts up per game for his 39%, which the 39% is insane. Uh, but, but yeah, like Kyle Anderson, really good shooter in terms of percentage, 41%, but he only shoots one and a half of those per game. Torian Prince, 38%, but again, only like three and a half attempts per game. 
Nikhil Alexander Walker is uh you know shooting thirty six percent, but he's he's only getting up three attempts per game. So the 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 percentages look solid there, but we haven't seen it over the course of a season in in the type of volume that you know if they are going to rely as heavily as I think they are on on variants. There just isn't much proof of concept that that is the kind of thing that those guys are comfortable with. And if you're playing on the road and you're doing something that you're not necessarily all that comfortable with, that type of variance, the the percentages there tend to lean in favor of the home team, of your opposition. Hope We'll see how it plays out, man. You never really know. That's the whole point of variance. But But in this case, if the Lakers just kind of play steady, consistent defense and especially if they're able to adjust and make them as uncomfortable as possible while they take those three pointers uh i I think i think they can actually bend that variance kind of to their will or 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 i guess the the percentages here lean in favor of the lakers in this specific way you know you you just got to see how it plays out i guess when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, on offense, uh, this is where it gets kind of interesting because, again, if if Minnesota is going to play at the kind of, you know, if they are going to get a bunch of three-pointers up, then, and and if they kind of struggle to hit those three-pointers, um, especially early, that is where I think the Lakers could really take advantage. They're going to get a lot of long rebounds and uh, long rebounds to certain guys in particular who are used to starting those those breaks. Right, like it, it's one thing when, say, Jared Vanderbilt gets a, a rebound and then has to find an outlet, and and the Lakers try to go out into transition there. But when it's a lot, and, and same kind of goes for Anthony Davis. Like, yeah, he can technically bring the ball up the court, and he is really good at taking a couple dribbles and finding that outlet so that the Lakers kind of get a running start. But when it's a long rebound and it's going to LeBron or D'Angelo Russell or Austin Reeves, um. And, and if the Lakers are going into this one focused on running, uh, now they are usually more focused on running when Gobert is out there and you really try to force him to get up and down the court uh, to, to minimize his impact in the half court uh, on defense. But even in this case, if the Lakers are going to essentially, you know, go into it ready to run, especially early, uh, I think this is where they can have some success because if they, you know, force some, some awkward looks, if they... If Minnesota just isn't ready to shoot at the percentage they would have to shoot on the road, then that is going to lead, I think, to some 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 good early opportunities here uh, for the Lakers. And then in the half court, this is where I, I think I get the most excited because it we haven't really seen a team uh, with these kinds of weapons in the half court, especially since the title and maybe even before then, where uh, the Lakers have really been over the course of LeBron's tenure trying to find a secondary ball handler um, who also fits with LeBron when LeBron has the ball. And I think D'Angelo Russell is the best example of that that they've ever had um, while LeBron has been there. They, You've had guys like Dennis Schroeder 
and even Russell Westbrook, right, who good ball handlers in their own right, but kind of awkward fits with LeBron in terms of what they do when he has the ball. Um, you've had guys who are great fits with LeBron when he has the ball, but don't really have the creative chops, you know, where like Alex Crusoe wasn't great in the, in, in the pick and roll. Obvious Contavious Caldwell Pope wasn't even a point guard. So in this case, though, you do have ball handlers next to LeBron who can create, but when he has the ball, this is where those guys, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, uh, fit significantly better, and it makes the offense a lot more dangerous. So uh, whether the Lakers get in a transition in in ways that I I think they can and and obviously hope they can because uh, LeBron in transition is still the best offense that the league has ever seen, I think. Uh, but but beyond that, though, in the half court, I just don't think the, the Wolves really have the horses to stop the Lakers from doing what they want to do. The LeBron-Rui uh, pick and roll had a lot of success against Minnesota the last time they played. I do think the Lakers are really going to rely heavily on Rui in this one. Um, I, I could see why Ham might want to see what you know guys like Beasley and maybe Brown offer um, while they're shooting from home or at home or whatever, but for, for I think, over the course of the game, Rui is a, a better option here. Uh, so, yeah, the, the the LeBron AD pick and roll, and if, you know, especially if Cat is matched up on AD and you force Cat to go out into space and try to guard LeBron, I don't think that ends very well for the Wolves. Um, hell, just Cat being on AD I don't think ends generally very well for Minnesota like in that last game uh AD was basically getting whatever shot he wanted off and he really you know took it to Cat in that one uh so yeah I think the Lakers are really going to have options in the half court and if they're able to get out into transition this one should be over early that said uh I do have one kind of nagging concern generally with the team right now now, on one hand, and I did talk about this with Pete in the lounge, which I hope you guys check out, but uh, on one hand, them taking their foot off of the gas pedal indicated to me that like LeBron was comfortable with them doing so, uh, and and you know that is that is worth, I think, some space in everybody's heads. Like if they want to step off the ledge with the Lakers kind of playing with their food a lot over the, the, the course of the last week or so of the season. Um, but still, like, when you do that, you risk forming habits. And if the Lakers carry some of those habits over and and they maybe take the, the Wolves a little more lightly than they should because of all the absences, um, that is, is, I think, where you get into the danger zone here. And, you know, maybe instead of being up you know, close to double digits or actually double digits at the end of the first quarter, you're only up a bucket or two. And then, you know, you, you spend the whole game just kind of waiting for that run that really puts some separation between the Lakers and the Wolves. And, and especially, I think, given the way that the Wolves have to play this game in order to really have a chance at winning it. And by the way, Chris Finch is a great offensive coach, and he is going to know the math behind this game and what is so important going into it. Um, so I, I really do think that the Wolves are probably going to approach this with variance in mind. Um, and if the Lakers let them hang around, 
that likely means that Minnesota is shooting the ball pretty well. And that likely means the Lakers aren't getting into transition. And uh, that, that winds up putting a lot of pressure on, yeah, a, a half court offense that I do really trust, but you know, that that's a lot of undue pressure, pressure that the Lakers don't need to, to, to have in this one. So it's a one-game sample size, man, and, and those are terrifying. It's what makes March Madness as fun as it is. It's what makes uh, the NFL playoffs and uh, it, it, as fun as it is. And back in the day when you had five-game NBA series and, uh, you know, one stupid loss here and there would, would really kind of flip the way that a series could feel. And, you know, it, it, it's just in this case, uh, and, and in baseball, right, I, I think you sometimes have those those one-game, you know, winner-take-all kind of moments that are terrifying for both sides of that equation. And in this case, um, it is, it, it's, it's a Lakers team that is heavily favored. As I'm recording this right now, the uh, spread in this one is at eight. It is jump. I think it started at, uh, it opened at six and a half. It is now at eight in, uh, you know, the Lakers are minus eight. The money line for this one is is pretty staggering as well, where you're looking at, uh, I think the the Minnesota Timberwolves, if they win, their money line is plus 300, uh, which is, you know, it's triple your money, right? If you, if, if you wind up hitting on that one, the Lakers are minus 385. Uh, and, and so the, the Lakers are heavy favorites, and uh, given the way that they ended the season, that they that I think does kind of lend itself to them taking Minnesota more lightly than they should. We know that LeBron uh, likes to, you know, expend just as much energy as he has to, to to win, but I think that's mostly a regular season thing. This is a one-game sample size. I'm really hoping that Darwin has everybody really ready to play. And LeBron sets the tone here. And this is where, you know, we have really talked a lot, not just over the last week or so, but over the entirety of my time covering this team, especially while LeBron has been here, he sets the tone. So if he starts the game defending hard and getting out in transition, I think that this one is over early. But if he kind of, you know, eases his way into it, dips his toe in the water and uh, takes a couple of those three-pointers that, you know, aren't really within the rhythm of the offense and, and, and isn't, you know, it, it starts playing in the half court earlier than he, he necessarily has to. That's where I, I think uh, the Lakers might enter, enter a bit of a danger zone. So let's hope he sets the tone. Let's hope, let's hope the Lakers follow that tone. And this thing is over by halftime. All in all, I do think this winds up being a Lakers win. Even as frustrating as the Lakers have kind of been over the, the last couple weeks or so, and especially the last week uh, where we saw them really play with their food, they were winning those games, and, and, and I believe they were covering in, in, in most of those games. Um, and uh, in this one, again, like I'm talk, as I've been talking, the line is set at eight points. I think I would still comfortably bet la in that one um i do think they wind up winning this one fairly handily but you know you never know in these one game samples and especially given that it's one thing if minnesota had say like gobert right i i again i want to i want to be clear i don't think that minnesota is better in this game without gobert what i will say is that i think without him they could potentially be more dangerous because 
the way they should have always played against the Lakers, because I think the Lakers are just better, uh, the way they should have always played is just to play the variance, play the math here, and get up as many threes as possible. And I don't know if they necessarily would have played that way with Gobert. Um, You can't, right? You can't play five out with Gobert because he's not shooting threes. But uh, in in this case, they will be playing five out. They're probably going to be playing five out for the entirety of the the 48 minutes in this game. And, And that can lead to a super weird game where they just shoot that well. So I think the Lakers really have to come out, set a tone early, press up, force their the, those jumpers. Like I don't even care if they occasionally get beat back door because that to me uh, forces Minnesota off of the three-point line. And yeah, maybe they see the ball go through the rim a couple extra times or whatever, and maybe that gets them into a rhythm. But the one thing that the Lakers flat out cannot have early or ever in this game are is is open three-point you know comfortable jumpers for Minnesota if they hit the occasional one coming off of a screen uh you know coming off of the dribble and and there's a hand up you know that, that just happens these guys in the NBA are that good but uh what they cannot have what the Lakers cannot have is Minnesota getting getting into any kind of a rhythm because that's where you're really playing with fire in this one-game sample. Again, I think the Lakers win fairly comfortably. But good God, man, I'll be happy when this one-game thing is, is over. Oh, no, wait. Only more pressure gets applied because now you're in the actual playoffs. Again, like I said earlier, though, uh, I hope you guys check out the episode with Pete and me. It was great to be back uh, on the air with him. I miss that dude. Uh, quite. I have missed that dude quite a bit over the years um, as, as our careers just didn't quite align in ways that allowed us to, to record. But fortunately that is resolved. Um, I did talk to him a little bit after the show and, uh, he and I, it looks like are going to be doing those episodes, I think once a month here, you know, kind of moving forward. Uh, so you guys have that to look forward to that I think is, is great news for everybody. We have Harrison, I think, just about officially inked in as uh, a a guest host here uh, twice a month. Uh, So you have that. And then, obviously, Aaron and me do our thing every week. So that's four times a month. And, you know, slowly but surely, we're building out this squad. And and beyond that, we always have the the kind of cycle of, of, of guests who, you know, for whatever reason, uh, keep on answering me when I ask if they want to come on. Uh, so, so long as that continues, I think we're in, we're in good shape. So, uh, check out that episode of the lounge, check out our reaction. Uh, I think Harrison and I are going to be recording after this game tonight. Uh, so that'll be fun, uh, hopefully to talk about this thing after a win and get ready for a matchup against the Grizzlies, have a fun guest, uh, you know, tomorrow, uh, or yeah, tomorrow on, on the show as well. Let's just, I, I'm rambling at this point because I'm, I'm freaking nervous. <laughs> uh, these one game samples aren't very good for this old man's heart. Let's get to it, and I'll talk to you guys uh, after the game.